Welcome to the State of Business with the Ohio Society of CPAs. I'm Jessica Salerno, Senior Content Manager at OSCPA, and this is the show where we bring you the latest news impacting the business and accounting world from top experts. Salary negotiations can be an uncomfortable and awkward process, even for those who are seasoned professionals. I spoke with Chris McWigan, founder and CEO of Professional Courage, a career services company about the nuances that come with salary negotiation. Chris told me how salary negotiations differ depending on where you're at in your career, whether you're just being hired or have been in your role for years, common mistakes made during these negotiations, and much more. Here's what she had to say. Even in a bad economy, it is worthwhile to negotiate your salary. According to Business Insider, avoiding salary negotiation throughout your career means losing out on roughly $1 million over the course of your life. And like you mentioned, even in a bad economy, you know, like maybe during a pandemic, for example, some people might feel like, ah, I don't know if now is the right time to negotiate versus holding off. How, how is someone supposed to tell like, this is the right time to ask versus this isn't the right time to ask? So again, I would repeat that it's always worthwhile to negotiate your salary, even in a troubled marketplace. So the best time is certainly at that initial offer. A survey was done by the Society of Human Resource Managers, and four out of five employers said they are willing to negotiate compensation. It's actually an expected part of the process, and that doesn't change just because we're in a difficult economy. Once you're inside of an organization, the best time to negotiate is actually when annual budgets are being set prior to a performance evaluation. So employees naturally wait until their evaluations are being conducted to kind of bring up all of their success and speak to why they think they want that raised or perhaps something higher than the percentage offered. But they fail to recognize that at that point, minimal changes can be made because budgets were likely submitted by your supervisor months earlier. So what you want to be doing is having those conversations in September or early in the fourth quarter when you know annual budgets are being set, particularly if your department has exceeded its targets and or made some really strong advancements, so you know you're in a good position to be able to vie for that raise. And so now that we've kind of covered when when is the right time to go about a salary negotiation, whether you're um, entering into a new job or at your current one, I'm curious how it varies depending on the level of um, experience and seniority you have. Like, how would you say it's different when um, someone in an entry level position wants to negotiate their salary? Sure. So the process that someone goes through in terms of preparation and execution of their negotiations is the same across the board, which is that you want to prepare two points of research and value. The first is your position value in the marketplace. That is, what is the going rate for your role in your geographic region? And there's lots of online resources like salary.com, payscale.com. Even Indeed has different elements where they speak to what a projected salary might be. The second point of value is your own individual value, what you can add to the company bottom line. So those are the same, whether you are an entry level position or a C-suite employee. The key difference is really on where you might emphasize that value determination. So a newer job seeker, an entry level, is more likely to rely on the position value in the marketplace because they don't have as much 
evidence of their individual value at that point. And I'm curious, I know it, it can probably be hard to tell because it's dependent on, you know, a lot of things, experience, personality, maybe um, the uh, connection that you have with your managers and um, those people deciding compensation. But would you say it's harder for people in entry level positions to negotiate salary than others? As you mentioned, there's a lot of variables, but I would say no, absolutely not. As soon as someone is, is negotiating their initial offer to the position, everyone is sort of on a common ground, if you will. Whether there are multiple people in the running for the position or just you are the only candidate they want, and also whether or not the position pays $30,000 a year or $300,000. Your ability to negotiate in that first step of the process is the same across the board because again, HR departments believe it is an expected part of the process. So they're going to make sure that they have room inside of that corporate range in order to have the discussion with you and hopefully retain you as their top candidate. And those in that entry-level position, that might be something, you know, that they've literally never done before, um, that this is a new feeling, new experience for them negotiating. And I know you mentioned a couple tools um, and reference points that they can use to kind of arm themselves in those negotiations. Is there any other advice you would offer to entry-level people who, who were entering negotiations for the first time? Definitely. Once you've done all your preparation, practice, practice, and practice. You might consider a lower stakes situation, whether it's a mock interview or maybe just calling you know, your internet provider and asking for a lower rate. Negotiation is like a muscle. So the more that you practice, the stronger you become. The ability to negotiate anything in life can help you to feel stronger about your presence when you come forward to have that salary negotiation. And I love that perspective that negotiation is like a muscle because I think sometimes people can kind of have it in their heads that they might not be, you know, this type of personality or this type of person um, can negotiate or is better at negotiation. So they kind of instantly take themselves out of the running for that. Like you mentioned it's just like anything else. You just have to practice it and get better at it. Absolutely. And there's different personality styles when it comes to negotiation. So some people are more collaborative. Some rely more on the competitive side of things. All personalities are very equipped to come to the table and have a successful negotiation. And how would you say this differs for those in, you know, kind of the, um, the middle range, maybe a more junior level position? Um, how, how does it differ when they want to negotiate their salary? Sure. At that next level up from the entry level, we're now looking at it being more of a mix of your position value being where you want to kind of relay that or communicate that emphasis, and then also career development opportunities and whatever established reputation of performance you already have. So now, by now, they've been in a role, whether it's with the existing company or maybe a past company that they're now moving away from, and they can speak to some of those specific accomplishments of meeting tight deadlines, managing projects increasing sales, lead generation, et cetera, solid contributions that they can speak to in addition to the need for career development opportunities as part of that platform that they wanna stand on to say, this is why I'd like an increase in my salary. And how would you say, you know, someone who kind of is in that middle role, are there any mistakes that you see those people specifically making when they negotiate their salary? 
Yes, uh, beyond failing to prepare, which we've already talked about, it's, it's fairly common that people feel like they should ask for a raise because they need or want one, right? So I will have individuals calling like, well, my wife is pregnant, so I need to make more money. My husband and I are planning to buy a house or worse yet, you know, I heard bill in accounting got a raise this year. I want one. Doesn't quite work like that, right? We as employees are brought into organizations because of our ability to impact the bottom line. And that relates to someone who's in a very clear, connected, sales role who's helping to generate actual revenue to someone who may be working in a call center is helping to retain current customers or solve problems. All of those things equate to an impact on the bottom line. So you need to understand that your own return on investment, ROI, is related to the decision they are making about how much money you should be making. And therefore you don't just ask for a raise because all of a sudden you need more money. There has to be an actual business reason behind that being a logical business decision for them to make. And I think that's definitely helpful to know because I imagine a lot of people probably feel like they are, you know, kind of in that bucket. Maybe they're not like executive, senior level. They definitely aren't entry level anymore, but they're at a different stage of their career. And they're thinking, you know, how can I make this salary negotiation stick? How can I make it work for me? Definitely. And at that senior level or even executive positions, for those more tenured professionals, it's likely built upon a career of success. At that point, if you've been with the same organization, for example, over a decade, your ability to come to the table and say, you know, everyone else in the marketplace is making X dollars is diminished. But your ability to come forward and say, these are the different accomplishments I've had and the impact that they have on this organization. Here's what you get for my investment every single year. Then that starts to carry more weight with your supervisor. And like you mentioned, Chris, for those then who are in those um, senior level and executive roles, how does salary negotiation work for them? How does that look? Same conversation, you want to usually bring that up um, when you know that the organization is getting ready to set budget. Waiting until performance evaluation time is usually too late because oftentimes all of those calculations about which percentage they can give to in the department has already been made. So beginning that conversation, you may choose to reach out to a supervisor, let them know that you'd like to sit down and have a formal conversation about your performance over the last year or about your current compensation model. Again, come prepared with all of your research, both for the market as well as the impact you've had on the organization, some of those solid contributions, and then sit down and sort of state your case and have a discussion about where there may be flexibility in advance advance of that performance evaluation timeframe, which for most companies who work on a calendar budget, a fiscal year is looking like fourth quarter. And I know you mentioned earlier um, some of the mistakes that people in kind of that middle bucket can make, but are there any other mistakes that you've seen or heard people making when it comes to negotiating their salary? I think overall, and this stands for the employer side as well as the employee, is just, again, sometimes the anxiety surrounding money conversation causes us to forget that it really, negotiation really is about hopefully coming to a win-win solution for all. So a company is incentivized to make sure their employees are engaged and feeling fulfilled and feeling as though opportunities are available to them so that they remain loyal to that organization. We don't like the process of having to go out and find new employees. It's very expensive to experience turnover. So the employer wants their, their employee to feel fulfilled and feel recognized and rewarded for the work that they're doing in the same way that the employee wants to have that fulfillment and experience that recognition. So 
remembering that when we enter the conversation, this can be a win-win discussion and that there is room on the table to talk about all sorts of different things, not simply, you know, your, your salary, the actual compensation number, but, you know, lots of things to, that can be discussed, that can be negotiated to make sure that we're getting to this common ground of having an employee that feels as though they are being developed and recognized appropriately. What would you say to those who are, um, they don't have the job yet, but they're entering into that negotiation phase. What, um, what would you say they should remember? Sure. So the number one tip, which we always hear about all negotiations is you don't want to be the first one to name a number. So let the hiring manager be the first one to discuss salary. Don't bring it up unless the interviewer brings up money, if you can at all help it. And I would say always be prepared to talk in a range when you're referencing your desired salary. This provides you with the most flexibility. So I may, when posed, you know, when if, if I can no longer avoid the question and it is posed by a hiring manager, you know, what, what salary are you expecting? I was looking for something in the range of seventy to eighty thousand dollars, as opposed to calling it in on seventy-two five. That gives you more flexibility and certainly makes for a more comfortable conversation. That's so interesting because I think that's something I've also heard. You know, never, um, never say the number first. But sometimes I think, is there just this like awkward pause where neither person is talking <laughs> for a really long time, and and how realistic is that? Is some is what I wonder. Sure. Well, you know, and there's a couple of phrases that we typically work with people on. So for example, if you're trying to kind of preserve that negotiating power, but someone starts the question, perhaps very early in the process, you can choose to deflect and sort of say, you know, salary is important, but it's not my first consideration. I'm really interested in determining that this is the right position where I can make a contribution. I'm interested in what you've told me so far. Can we just continue this discussion? So that's one example of how you might just deflect that part of the conversation until a bit later. Although I will say that now with the use of so many applicant tracking software systems that are the HR filters intaking resumes and applications online, it's often asked right there on the form itself and or during that initial screening call with HR. So they are making it more and more difficult for that deflection, but you can also then answer in a way that just speaks to, you know, my understanding is a fair market value for this position is between X and Y. Is that what you expect? So that you're making it clear that you're not specifically calling out and stating this is my salary requirement, but rather generating a discussion around what they think is reasonable for the tasks being requested. I love that. That definitely makes sense. And, and you bringing up this, especially for someone who maybe is new to a company, and this might be an entirely separate uh, podcast episode itself, but are there any red flags that someone should think when they are entering into salary negotiations, or excuse me, red flags that they should notice when they're thinking, um, this doesn't seem like it's going very well, or I'm getting just overall like not good vibes from whoever I'm working with for to figure out the salary? Yes, I would say some red flags to look out for. You know, if there are long delays in the process, then these apply to when you're negotiating salary, also just the overall job offer process, right? Anytime there are extremely long delays and people are not communicating that to you back and forth with you, that can be of concern. Another red flag is a refusal to commit 
or put it in writing what that what it is that they are offering. So I let individuals know, my clients know it's perfectly acceptable if you want to verbally accept an offer, but you always need to request that they send you that offer in writing. And then it is when you sign and resubmit that, you know, turn that back in, that's when the official process has begun. And then finally, I think again, for all job offers, really anywhere in the interview process, it's anytime someone's avoiding setting the next steps. So if, for example, at the end of the interview, you say, this is really fantastic. Can you tell me more about your timeline for hiring? When can I expect to hear back? If the interviewer is sort of skittish or not responding, avoiding the question, well, you know, we'll be interviewing for the next couple of weeks. So someone will talk to you. I don't know, you know, then that's not a good sign, right? You wanna kind of pin them down and be really clear about when you can expect to hear. And that same thing applies to the salary piece. If they tell you, we weren't prepared for that number, let me go ahead and talk to management and get back to you. If you say, when should I expect to hear? And they say, I'll get back to you. And they continue to refuse to say by such and such date, that would be a red flag for me. Say that you've negotiated your salary, you tried to do um, everything, everything right, but for whatever reason, it doesn't work out. What, what should the next steps be then? I think, again, recognizing that there's more than money to be discussed, right? So we tend to focus on a higher salary or maybe a bonus, but then we may miss out on asking for other perks that could be helpful in our career and our life, right? So obviously telecommuting is not as critical anymore since many of us are working remotely in this uh, pandemic world, but stock options, vacation time, non-cash benefits can add 30 to 40% to your total compensation package. So I would say first, recognize there's more than money that can be discussed. And second, if you've um, you know, feel as though you've come to the table unprepared or came to the table asking for too much, then make sure you sort of step back and recognize that you still want to have a positive attitude and perhaps just request a conversation in the future to bring up the discussion, you know, re resurface that discussion when you can be more prepared and when it would certainly bring benefit to both parties. Do you have any um, insight to offer on people who just say it makes them feel really awkward to talk about money? For individuals that are feeling awkward about just money conversation in general, you know, certainly working with a peer, working with a colleague, a partner, a spouse, a coach to help sort of, you know, root up what it is that's causing that concern, what causes the hesitation, but also keeping in mind that this is one element of your employment, right? So there's lots of things that we bring to the table every day, our time, our energy, our talents. Those are all things that we bring to the table. And in exchange for that, our employer gives us experience and development opportunities and a salary. So when we think about it more in terms of this kind of transaction that's happening, we give and take back and forth. It sometimes helps to um, reduce some of that anxiety because individuals see it as an element, one element of an entire network of things that are going back and forth, as opposed to just seeing those dollar signs and again, emphasizing or having it bring up a lot of those preconceived notions and limiting beliefs that we talked about in the beginning. And for people that have listened to this, Chris, and maybe it's inspired them and they're thinking, okay, this is it. 2021, it's going to be my year. I'm going to negotiate my salary. What yeah. advice would you have for them? 
I would say you don't have to accept the first offer you're given. Step courageously into the negotiation process. It can make an exponential difference in your career journey. So I would say don't take the first offer. Go ahead and engage in that negotiation and see it as an opportunity to learn and to experience and strengthen that muscle. Thank you to Chris for taking the time to speak with me about how to come prepared to your next salary negotiation. What tips will you be taking from this episode into your next negotiation? Let me know at jsalerno, J-S-A-L-E-R-N-O at ohiocpa.com. And please rate and review us on whatever podcast app you're using. We love to hear your feedback. Thanks for listening.